From the HBA Podcast Studio in New York City, welcome to The Medium Rules. I'm Alan Baldishan. We wanted to give everyone who, like us, wanted to do something, um, even though we came from outside of politics, the information and the tools to make some kind of tangible impact on what we envisioned as our larger goal, which was flipping the House for Democrats in the 2018 midterm elections. What were you? What was your sort of your brand DNA? What kind of voice were you trying to um, develop? We were trying to speak to the people that we want to go out and do something to volunteer. So a lot of our message was about making it accessible, making it simple, making it comfortable for them, while also showing them that it has value, it has importance. Delighted to welcome Michelle Fanaki and Mark Smrikarov, respectively. Michelle being the chief marketing officer and founding team member, and Mark being the head of communications of the national grassroots organization Swing Left. Swing Left was created in the wake of the 2016 presidential election. Uh, The initial basic idea was to develop a tool by which individuals could plug their zip code into Swing Left's website and quickly locate the nearest U.S. House district whose seat was in 2016, decided by a small margin and might be flippable from red to blue in the 2018 midterms. So the idea was to identify the swing seats in the 2018 midterm elections and to mobilize volunteers to help flip the U.S. House of Representatives from red to blue. As we know, the 2018 midterms were historic or an historic blue wave, particularly with respect to the House, and many observers credited Swing Left as a significant factor. In other words, mission accomplished in 2018. Today, we're going to talk, talk, um, talk with Mark and Michelle with respect to Swing Left's media strategy in 2018, its game plan for 2020, and how it's thinking about creating and de- deploying media in the months leading up to 2020. Uh, so welcome, guys, uh, Michelle and Mark. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the uh, show and looking forward to a great conversation. Thank you so much for thank having you. us. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Um, and thank you for all the amazing work you're doing on behalf of uh, progressives, Democrats, normalcy, um, and hopefully success in 2020. Um, so let's start at the start. Uh, Michelle, maybe tell us a little bit about uh, – elaborate a little bit on the origins and the founding of Swing Left. Sure. So Trump got elected. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That was the start. Yes. Yeah. That so, sucked. Um, I don't know what you were doing at the time, but I think I, I think probably it was likely the same thing I was doing, which was wallowing in despair. Um, and uh, yeah, like, like many of us at that time, um, you know, I was um, feeling like I didn't know exactly what to do. I wanted to do something. I wanted to, I recognized that this major thing had happened, um, but I didn't have kind of any way to act to do something that could better the situation. You know, um, prior to the election, I had been minimally involved. You know, I voted, I watched the debates, I talked with friends, but this wasn't my background. Activism, and specifically in politics, wasn't my purview. And, um, you know, but like many of us, it was, you know, it it was a wake-up call. And um, 
So that's where I was at personally, just kind of struggling with those feelings and talking with some of them on uh, about it on Facebook and, you know, with friends. And um, meanwhile, um, uh, a friend of, of good friends from college, um, Ethan, uh, who is now our executive director, um, had an idea, um, which was to go and volunteer in his closest swing district, um, living in Deep Blue, Massachusetts. He recognized that it was not the district in which he lived, but in order to make any kind of impact on the next check against Trump, he'd have to go and volunteer. He had some experience doing this um, with grassroots organizing and knew that you know, he as an individual could actually make a difference by going to talk and talking to voters in a purple district. And so he started looking online for, you know, researching where his closest swing district was, and um, he couldn't find it that easily. He pulled together some information from CNN and some other places, um, and so he had this idea to start what, what we originally called Swing Left, which was Swing District Finder. So basically to build a tool to help you to find your closest swing district and then connect with things that you could do to help flip that district for Democrats. So he called up um, our friends, Josh, um, who had recently sold a, a marketing company in Silicon Valley, and his wife, Miriam, who's a brand strategist. And they, in turn, called up uh, several more of us, and we all just started working on building this website. And when I got the call, you know, um, which was about two weeks after the election, which was, hey, you want to help lend, you know, your skills, you know, your background in marketing and communications to building this? And I was like, yes, sign me up, because that was my outlet, you know. And so, um, yeah, there were probably about 10 or 12 of us who, who worked on building the site, the Swing District Finder. We named it Swing Left. Um, we, uh, you know, articulated um, our vision, and which included back then we didn't really know what it would become, but we knew we wanted to put this tool out there. We saw um, a, a missing resource, you know, and, um, you know, and we wanted to give everyone who, like us, wanted to do something – um, even though we came from outside of politics, the information and the tools to make some kind of tangible impact on what we envisioned as our larger goal, which was flipping the House for Democrats in the 2018 midterm elections. So um, we built the site. We had it ready um, by the end of the year. We were working quickly and um you know it was all like things we were doing in our spare time and you know i remember uh, josh had sent a christmas morning deadline for finalizing the copy for the website and 2016 yeah exactly um, okay. you know and we were on it <laughs> i remember opening my presents and then like opening my laptop to you know finalize all the stuff but um yeah, we ended up launching um, later uh, in January, purposefully, um, in in anticipation of the right moment. Um, we launched Swing Left um, after speaking with the the few number of friends we knew in politics after um, talking to others, you know, who we knew in our networks, our, you know, friends and colleagues who also wanted to do something, asking them to support our launch by, you know, sharing it on social or forwarding our email to a friend. We did a lot of kind of, you know, priming um, and, and introduction of, of uh, Swing Left before it launched. And then we launched wide the day before Inauguration Day, okay. which was two days before the Women's March. And um, and it took off from there. Um, 
organizationally, how big are you guys at this point? What's your sort of setup? You've got LA, you've got New York. What, how, how has that been built out? Sure. Well, we're, we are a, a national organization um, that, you know, includes, uh, you know, what is it now, 30 plus full-time Over members, 30. you know, who all work remotely across the country. Okay. You know, we are based in Los Angeles and San Francisco and New York and Chicago and D.C. and, you okay. know, so all over the country. people really all over the country. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there are. Um, but, you know, by extension, we're also an organization of, you know, close to a million people across the country who are, you know, swing left volunteers, swing left donors, swing left group leaders. You know, we collectively are, you know, swing left the movement. And Mark, talk a little bit about the results in 2018. And then I want to back into what your strategy was to get there from a media perspective. But talk a little bit about sort of the tangible results that you guys saw in 2018 in terms of house seats. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you know, where I came into the picture and swing left was at that moment when Michelle's, you know, helped launch the organization with Ethan and the rest of the team in January of 2017. And I saw all of the buzz. People were posting about it on social media. It was in my feed everywhere and kind of said, what is this? I need to I need to look into this more because I had that same sense of wanting to do something. Um, so very quickly got, uh, got in touch. We had some mutual connections. Um, and uh, coming from a comms and PR background for over 15 years that I, I wanted to jump in and help. So came into it from that volunteer perspective, which is how the organization was structured for many, many months. Um, and really what we helped do over that you know year and a half, uh, less than two years between January of 2017 through the midterms of 2018 was really create this really impressive cultural moment around getting involved to help flip the house in the midterms. Uh, traditionally, you know, the midterms are not as big of a thing in terms of uh, people going out and voting. Uh, it, there usually isn't a lot of resources, money, efforts put into it. Um, but what we wanted to do was really create that moment where it felt like the level of a presidential election mm-hmm. because we knew that taking the house back was really the first and and arguably most important thing that could be done to put a check on Trump and the GOP agenda um, that had taken office in January of 2017. So what we did was we kind of helped direct that grassroots energy that we saw of all those people like us that were frustrated and gave them things to do. So not only did they come in and enter their zip code and sign up and, and become part of our team, but we started building a team that would give them something to do. Um, We expanded the number of swing districts that we felt uh, we could compete in because of how the momentum was going and how the energy on the ground was going. We built an amazing team that I think we can get into in a a little bit. Um, But at the end of the day, we had almost a million members. We had uh, work in 84, I think, swing districts. Mm -hmm. We flipped or we won 55 of them, flipping over 30 of them. Uh, raising over $12 million, knocking on millions of doors, making millions of phone calls, uh, and really providing that grassroots army that was so critical to so many members of Congress winning uh, in in blue, uh, sorry, in red and purple districts uh, in, in those midterms that enabled us to take back the House. Um, so that was a really, really exciting moment to be able to 
have that year and a half, two years worth of effort uh, really come to fruition and see that energy uh, in with unprecedented voter turnout for midterms. Uh, many of the races won by very small margins where these kinds of volunteer activities, the fundraising, the talking to voters, uh, really made a big difference in many of them. And organizing, just to concretely, and members of my family participated with Swing Left, getting on buses and going to swing districts was sort of the, was that sort of the base mobilization around the midterms was getting people to go from maybe deep blue districts into purple districts or swingable districts and just get out the vote? That was that was definitely a big part of it. I think one of the interesting things around the midterms was that we found that about 75 to 80 percent of every person in the country lived within 50 miles of a swing district. So in many cases, we were asking people to go talk to their neighbors, go talk to uh, people in these swing districts that were very close to them, that shared a lot of uh, similarities and, and, you know, wasn't something where they had to go very far to go and do that. So a lot of that energy was in L.A., where we had uh, we were working in nine districts Going down that Orange were County. in Orange yeah. County and kind yep. of all around. There was a lot in New York as well, um, in terms of Staten Island, right nearby in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, even upstate a little upstate bit. Upstate a yeah. little bit. So yeah. a lot of this was mobilizing those people that were in those deep blue areas, but were very close to really swingable districts and getting them involved and giving them those kinds of things to go and do things on the ground. And one more question in that in, in, in that vein, were people going, trying to persuade undecideds were people going to say here's how you vote or here's are you are you registered here let, let what, what 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 were the volunteers doing in those door knocking pounding pavement sort of moments yeah by and large um when uh volunteers were contacting voters uh you know either by uh showing up at their door and having a face-to-face conversation by going canvassing or phone banking um, most of the time, uh, through um, you know our targeting efforts, they were talking to likely Democratic voters. You know, um, you know, as we got closer to the end of the election, um, we were plugging volunteers directly into the campaigns, and the uh, the maps of doors that and the voters that the volunteers are contacting are determined by the campaigns in terms of who you know, are the most strategic people to be reaching at this moment. So, um, yes, it's certainly possible that uh, some volunteers were talking to voters who uh, fell more on, uh, you know, potential Republican voter. I spoke to a few of them myself, but, you know, those were really interesting conversations to have as well. Yeah. Yeah. Were they generally civil? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was... I, it, I mean, you never know what you're yeah, going to get when you somebody absolutely. opens the door, but, you know. I mean, the experience of canvassing, I, I'd i never done anything like it before. You know, doing it with Swing Left was my first experience ever, and it was – Every time I do it, it's exhilarating. Wow. You know, That's it's great... it's yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, even when you know, occasionally you get a door shut in your mm-hmm. face, yeah. you take it in stride. <laughs> but 
you know, when you actually do is connect that bracing? with someone. Like, wow, I feel yeah. refreshed. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> no, it is. You're like, all right, yeah. this is coming. Got somebody's I, eye around. Yeah, yeah. But really, I mean, when you connect with someone who, um, you know, didn't know the election was happening or maybe didn't know where their polling place is or, in fact, maybe didn't even have a ride to the polls and you were able to give them, you know, a number to call to get someone to pick them up. I mean, you really come away feeling like you've made a difference and also there are amazing. so many people on the route who thank you you know oh, wow. and hug you, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. i mean you can't get much more democracy in yeah. action yeah you know every vote counts than it's... actually going door to door you yeah. know it, it, trying to motivate people to actually go out and vote. Yeah, and like it's the most yeah. effective thing you can do. Um, you know, this, well, I know we'll talk about this uh, 2020 in this cycle more, but, um, yeah. you know, another thing that um, many of us are doing now that, you know, Swing Left is is taking a big role in facilitating this cycle is is letter writing, you know, because, um, you know, the way that the targets work for 2020, we're focused on super states. Not everyone has a super state in their backyard, as Mark described. So the ways that we can make personal connections with people whom we need to register or people whom we need to get to the polls is to write them letters, you know? Who, like snail mail, we're talking. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, who, right. who, People still do appreciate getting a, a sure, nice handwritten sure. email yeah. because it is so unusual these days. Totally. Yeah. Well, let's get yeah. let's get to that. Let's yeah. let's come back to that because sure. that's really interesting, um, and I know that is on our on our roadmap for this conversation. But before we do, um, I think, uh, and I'd love each of you guys to weigh in. I think, certainly from my perspective, um, Swing Left had a very sort of um, notable, effective uh, media style. Um, which sort of mixed. It, first of all, it was very positive. Wait, let, let me back up and let me say, why don't you guys give me your sort of, in terms of doing your media, what were you? What was your sort of your brand DNA? What kind of voice were you trying to um, develop? Um, and 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 how did that sort of interact with voters? And and you know, and, and by that I mean, you know, which 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 medium content. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, should we popcorn some of them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talk about this stuff all the time. Yeah. But like you said, positive. Yeah. Um, popcorn works. U- unifying. Yeah. 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 Accessible. Yeah. Okay. Im- impact-oriented, strategic. Yeah. Okay. Tangible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so, so many of, you know, we're trying to speak to the people that we want to go out and do something, to volunteer. So a lot of our message was about making it accessible, making it simple, making it comfortable for them, while also showing them that it has value, it has importance. Um, a lot of us, you know, were new to politics also. It was my first time canvassing last cycle. Um, but for 40% of our volunteers, it was also their first time we found getting involved in campaigns. Um, they hadn't done it prior to 2018. So I think from from a brand and voice perspective, really trying to come across, you know, without that political political lingo or jargon. Or, that, or maybe going negative. Or going negative, yeah. um, which I think turns a lot of people off at the end of the day. Um, you know, we wanted to bring people together. We wanted to, to make them feel like they can affect positive change in this country. Um, that was also a key part of why, strategically, we didn't get involved in primary races. So what we would do is we would organize and fundraise 
for whoever was going to be the eventual nominee in these swing districts. So people were raising money, donating uh, uh, from the grassroots. They were organizing, not knowing who the eventual candidate was going to be, but they knew that whoever it was, they needed to win. They needed money as soon as they came out of a primary, and they needed an army of volunteers ready to help support them. Um, and that that kind of unifying message and value proposition where we're, you know, we understand and recognize that there's going to be healthy debates during primaries and that voters in those districts are going to make their decisions based on who they want to represent them. But that at the end of the day, we want to unify, rally and support those nominees um, was a big part of, I think, how we were able to reinforce that positive, unifying and impactful message. Okay. Um, Michelle? Yeah, I, I, you know, would say that um, our approach, if there's, you know, one way to describe how we look at um, communications across the board, you know, the content that we're creating, the way that we uh, speak to um, our volunteers and beyond across email or social media, et cetera, I would say um, the orientation is at heart in service to the user. You know, we I mean, Swing Left exists, you know, because we wanted to give people a means to have impact, you know. So everything we do, every decision we make at CORE is uh, informed by our answer to the question, is this something that will service that person who wants to do something, you know, and that and that person includes many different types of people, you know, of um, various backgrounds and interests with different amounts of time available, different resources, and, you know, there's a whole swath of things that they can be doing and ways to get involved. But at heart, you know, are we providing them with the information that they need to be informed and also to understand and be able to easily and enjoyably access the things that they can do as individuals that will have the greatest and most strategic impact on our goal, which is, you know, winning the most important elections for Democrats. So maybe if you could give just from from the midterm uh, cycle, just some examples of, of how that translated into some of the content and some of the strategies you guys use for media. Sure. Um, I think one uh, one great example of that is a campaign we did to get people to volunteer on what we call the last weekend uh, uh, before the midterms. Um, traditionally, uh, amongst kind of political and organizing lingo, that is referred to as GOTV period, um, which is an acronym that uh, basically stands for get out the vote. Um, so that is something that is very important for campaigns that we get as many people as possible um, helping talk to voters and being sure that they are going out to the polls that Tuesday and voting. Um, But it's not something that a lot of people who aren't involved in politics understand the importance of or why it's so critical or what even that means. Um, So we basically created a campaign that we called the last weekend to reframe that idea to make it a little bit more accessible, um, but also to bring together other organizations from within the progressive space. Um, So we ended up partnering with about 60 plus organizations, uh, including uh, Indivisible, Move On, OFA, um, many, many others. Um, And we also partnered with a number of people that have larger audiences and voices um, from across activism, entertainment, music, um, other cultural figures um, that wanted to get behind this message and help promote it. 
Um, and basically, kind of through a combination of those three elements, we were able to, to create um, a really powerful brand that um, ended up getting hundreds of thousands of hours committed in terms of volunteers going out and doing things. Uh, a lot of um, all, you know, all these organizations working together, even if they had different missions, goals, um, you know, focus areas of their work to say, hey, this is what we need to do right now to make an impact uh, in our country. Um, and doing that in a way that was, again, positive, constructive, and impactful. Um, so, you know, that kind of was something that was, I think, a really big success for us uh, in terms of the kinds of video uh, creative content that we were able to get out of it that was useful for social media, that was useful for emails, um, and listing a lot of these cultural figures to do traditional media interviews and help get the word out across, um, you know, non-political publications um, places like In Style and Glamour and Rolling Stone and from uh, the PR Huffin, perspective, Huffin Post, yeah. from a PR perspective, mm-hmm. yeah. um, that was very powerful because we were bringing in uh, and reaching new audiences that aren't reading the Washington Post or Politico every day, um, but that are newly awakened to how important getting involved is to their day-to-day lives. Um, and I think that was a really powerful way for us to help do that. And moving into the 2020 cycle, what, what would you say sort of lessons learned from a media content perspective uh, were from 2018? Like what, 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 what do you pull that worked really well? What do you leave behind? And, you know, what are you thinking about as we get into 2020 that tweaks to your goals, which we'll talk about in a second, um, for 2020, which is obviously a different cycle and has different objectives and and, and what 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 were some of the things that worked, and what were some of the things that you would leave behind going forward and in, into this cycle? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I think that continuing to work to um, respond to the news cycle with tangible action okay. that that people can take um, based on what's happening in the world to be able to you know, respond and, um, you know, direct their interest and their energy or, you know, their frustration, their anger into something that's going to make a difference. I mean, that's something we did a lot last cycle is, you know, in the moment, um, spinning up fundraising mechanisms that would allow us to fundraise um, collectively as an organization, as a movement um, for the eventual Democratic challengers to the swing district Republicans who were voting one way or the other. So, for example, when um, the House voted on Trump care back in May of 2017, we put together a slate of, um, uh, you know, donate now to, um, you know, fund the eventual Democratic challengers to the 35 swing district Republicans who voted yes for Trump care, you know, and that itself generated a million dollars raised in just over 24 hours. You know, that was something that people really responded to because they were angry, you know. Principally small yeah. donor contributions. Small dollar, to, yeah, yeah, uh, small dollar. grassroots donors. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have continued to do a lot of that and, um, you know, we, I mean, that, that, um, you know, ended up raising 11, 12 million dollars for candidates last cycle, that, that style of, of being responsive to the news cycle and what's happening and giving people that tool to fight back. Um, I think also, um, continuing 
to build uh, tools that um, are in service to personalizing the experience for volunteers as well. You know, like so. For example, we built a tool that uh, we call our action finder, you know, where you type in your zip code and you are presented with a suite of cards. You know, it looks like a deck of playing cards, which is all of the actions that you can take. And it's beautifully designed. It's, you know, like fun colors, but it's also accessibly worded and gives you, um, you know, the highest impact actions that you can take. It's something that we rolled out um, uh, last uh, summer or two summers ago, you know, in lead up to the elections and gave everyone like a very clear, easy path to just selecting what was the thing that was right for them. And we've continued to use it for the, the 2020 cycle to, to much success. And we've created, um, you know, marketing campaigns, videos, et cetera, all around this tool, which is really the linchpin of our, um, you know, our, our, our innovative tools that, you know, we build to, to drive people to action. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about 2020, yeah. Mark. Um, 2020 is obviously a much different cycle. The pre- it's a presidential cycle. Um, you guys have what you've called a super straight, super state strategy uh, for 2020, and I know the goal is to try and flip or keep hold the House, flip the Senate, and obviously flip the White House. But talk a little bit about swing left in 2020 and what we can expect from you guys and what you're shooting for and how you are, you've sort of evolved your strategy to meet that, those objectives. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think, you know, the other element just to finish Michelle's um, line of thought in terms of what was so compelling 2018 and, yeah. and kind of is something that we're thinking about for 2020 to your question is, you know, we had a very clear, big, bold goal that we were able to talk about in terms of taking back the house. That was yeah. kind of what we were able you to just say and throw repeat. that up there, and, yeah, and that's and, what everyone's shooting for. And it, it resonated. Yeah. Um, and we 100%. had a simple strategy and a simple way to do that. Um, there was definitely a lot of thinking after we were very excited to have done that. Um, what do we do after? Um, of course, we were even thinking of that before. You know, looking at various contingencies, but um, you know, there isn't necessarily that one big objective this cycle because, as you said, it is a presidential. Um, the the Senate is important. Defending the House is important, um, but also winning state level races are very important because there's a big thing happening this cycle, where in 2021 there's going to be redistricting which is based on the census that's going to be done uh, in 2020. And whoever controls state houses really will have a big say in how redistricting is done, whether states continue to be gerrymandered so that there is a lack of fair representation um, at at, uh, the House level and also state level uh, for the next decade. Um, So this is a really a long-term thing that Republicans in 2010 were very successful at in terms of um, being able to win state races and basically control the maps for a whole decade. And you see how that affected Democrats up and down the ballot over the course of 2010 to 2020. So we're thinking, how do we... How do we kind of fit into that? How do we uh, establish our goals? Um, I think we knew very early on that the kind of role that we played in terms of mobilizing and engaging grassroots uh, volunteers who want to do something to help win elections was a very important role that needed to continue because that is critical for Democrats to continue to win beyond even 2020. 
um, this kind of infrastructure work is really, really important. Um, and, and there's a gap in terms of uh, being able to fill that. So we knew that we wanted to do that. Um, and we, we kind of wanted to become an organization that would be the one-stop shop place for people to come to make a difference in key elections. Um, and what we decided or noticed as we were looking at the map is that a lot of those key races, the White House, the Senate, and key state races um, overlap in a series of 11 states that we call the super states. And basically, that means that it's a state where uh, two or more of those types of races are at play. Okay. Um, so what we can do is basically mobilize volunteers to engage in those states and within those states in the areas where they uh where their work will help not just take back the White House, but potentially also the Senate or win the state back. So basically voters in those districts that we're working in have two or three times the impact because of the level of races that they will have importance on, swing races that they will have importance on. So we we basically created that strategy, created that map and said, okay, this is what we're going to tell people to do because this is how they can have the biggest impact in their time and their money uh, for 2020. Um, and, you know, let's start getting to work. Let's start organizing. So over the past couple of months now, we've been, as Michelle mentioned, been developing and, and redeveloping a lot of the tools from 2018 and, and improving on them and expanding on them uh, so that we have very simple ways for people to now go and find what they can do in these key states, um, including things like letter writing, uh, where you can be sitting at home, you can have a house party. We've had hundreds of house parties across the country really? where people already are getting their friends together and getting people they don't know together and getting wow. others that signed up um, to say, we want to write letters to people in these states to regist- help them register to vote. And we'll write on those letters why we're doing, why we it's important for us for them to vote um, and to register. And we partnered with a great organization called uh, Vote Forward that has a really great tool that we use to uh, write those letters. Um, and we've already sent hundreds of thousands around the country in so, these states. Let, let, let me First of all, let me stop you and say the super states. Let's be concrete. Do you have them on? Uh, can you guys list them? Yeah. Well, it's... You have it. I, I have it. I remember most of them. Uh, <laughs> Arizona, Colorado, Texas, Wisconsin, Florida, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Maine, North Carolina. Yep. Is that all of them? Ohio? Colorado. Colorado. Is Ohio not one? Uh, yeah. Ohio might be one. Yes, Ohio is one. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> I think that's it. Michigan. Is yeah, it? did we, okay. get, did we get them all? Yes. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> counting, but let's, uh, let's assume. Um, yeah. And then in terms of the letter writing strategy, I want to maybe drill down a little bit. So so is it that I, I have a letter writing party? I think this is really interesting, and I think a lot of people might be interested in that. Yeah. Um, and full disclosure, as you guys know, we had a swing left fundraising event at our apartment recently, um, and it was really a fundraiser. We had uh, a speaker, you know, a prominent politician come and speak. Um, We got a great crowd. We did not do letter writing. I think that would have been, that that may be something I think a lot of people, as I say, might be interested in. Do you actually have a pen pal? Do you have a dear Frank Smith at, you know, 129 Maple Street in whatever town, you know, Georgia, or... Is it more of an not? Is it how, how does that work? Do you are, are we writing specific people? What is the tool? Can you just just give us a little bit more color on that? 
Yeah, so the Vote Forward tool um, is an online platform where you go and you sign up um, to essentially adopt a host of names to write letters to. So um, the data is called for you, the names and addresses, and um, you also are given a template letter that you can print out. So in the cases of house parties, letter writing parties, um, the hosts of the parties are often, you know, doing this, adopting, you know, hundreds of names and then printing out the template letters. You know, they have all the materials there. They invite over a big group of friends and everyone, you know, drinks wine and (laughs) And, (laughs) goes crazy. And and you're you're typing it out, presumably. Well, no, you're writing You're handwriting it. Yeah, yeah. Registration forms are pre-filled, so you basically have a space to write a personal note that's handwritten. Yeah. And then are you literally stamping it, mm-hmm. licking a stamp and dropping it and in And handwriting the address, handwriting which the address. is one of the things that, you know, makes it seem Very more personal. personal. Yeah. Sure. So um, okay. people will open it. Yeah. And what's the communication strategy that goes along with the letter writing? And is the letter writing campaign, I mean, you started to say, mm-hmm. Michelle, earlier that, um, you know, in response to this cycle, maybe it's not as neighboring district as it was just given your some more super straight stra- super state strategy. Yeah. So w- will it be the case that will there still be a last weekend getting on buses going to swing districts or or are your efforts more focused on the super states and the letter writing? So if I'm in New York, I might what would my deck of cards look like? for 2020. Right. I mean, it's it's both in terms okay. of working early and also over GOTV weekend, which is the last weekend doing before the, the election. Gotcha. You know, the swing left model is really based on doing as much as possible, as early as possible for the eventual Democratic nominees in our target races. And that's what's really given us, you know, the power as the grassroots to make a real difference because we're banking a lot of this work early on. The fundraising, we're pooling an escrow for for our eventual candidates so that, you know, when they earn the nomination, we can give them a check, a big blue check from the grassroots, as we call it, right when it matters most, when they're going to need to pivot to confronting their Republican opponent in the gen- in the general election, and they need money to, you know, amp up their campaign staff, et cetera. Um, and likewise, doing the voter contact work early, um, engaging voters by registering voters, and also starting to write and bank these GOT. TV letters, like, let's do it now, you mm-hmm. know, because okay. it's helping us to get as many people possible as possible, like ready to vote, you know, so um, it's also building teams on the ground, it's getting people trained, you know, if you have the experience now of volunteering, um, you're only going to be, you know, sure. X times a better volunteer next year and ready to really go. So yeah, exactly. Sure. And yeah, we have, you know, hundreds, as, as Mark said, swing left groups, um, around the country where people can plug in right now and start doing this kind of work. Um, it's also essential that this work gets done now because, um, you know, we're in this kind of like critical infrastructure building time ahead of the Democratic Convention this cycle, which is, you know, happens um, in July of next year. Um, when, you know, millions of voters need to be registered. Like, this is the work that, say, you know, when there is a Democratic incumbent, that campaign is working to do. You know, Obama's campaign, which, you know, is known for its organizing muscle, for his reelection campaign, they they registered something like 1.8 million voters, you know, in leading up. But when 
when we have a contested primary, um, you know, we don't have an, the luxury a, exactly really. yeah. of, of, of organizing really. And that's what we're here to do. This is what the grassroots can do. This is the power that we have by, you know, working early to make sure that all of our uh, nominees, all of our candidates in the most critical races next year have what they need to win. Is, somewhat of a is there is there any um, comparable organization on the right to swing left to have, have any sort of grassroots organizations with this level of sophistication and organization and fundraising power kind of emerged based on your model or looking what yeah. you guys have done have you seen that I mean I would say no okay. <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean not not quite at this level in terms of the grassroots mobilization there's definitely a lot more of big dollar donors that are pumping money into those campaigns into trump's campaign you know know, he's already raised 200 million dollars uh for his campaign over 200 million dollars and and not a lot of that is from the grassroots yeah yeah i mean i think you know the 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 strength you know the the power that like that the that the left has is this kind of unprecedented activist energy that has emerged post-trump you know that doesn't really exist on the right yeah Yeah. yes you know there are major donors plowing money into paying people to you know go do organizing you know to do the organizing work to contact voters etc um you know but there isn't this kind of grassroots momentum you know on the right like there is on the left which is you know our superpower and to be clear you guys don't try and pick winners correct you don't have Mm -hmm. any particular nominee that you're backing you're you're waiting to see who emerges and then how do you without asking you to give up any sort of secret sauce how do you decide how much money goes to which candidates is that sort of data driven is that give me a sense of that yeah, it is data driven. Um, you know, we recently um, brought uh, Flippable, which is an incredible yep. organization, um, into the Swing Left family. Um, you know, one reason being um, their incredible work that they did last cycle in helping to win the most important races at the state level, you know, and um, much of their work in funneling um, grassroots dollars to those races, uh, you know, down ballot where where that money was so critical was done based on really precise data targeting. So that's you know, the information that we use to determine, you know, how uh, grassroots dollars are dispersed, in addition to, you know, picking the races that are the right targets in the first place, especially at the, the state level. Impact. So, yeah, we have we have this incredible team um, of, of um, strategists and data specialists from Football Bowl working Running together now with Swing and, Left. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So uh-huh. And those state level races are usually the hardest to really identify because there are thousands of them happening around yeah. the country. Yeah. Um, so the fact that Flippable was so successful in their targeting last cycle and, and continues to be really an amazingly impressive um, team that that is part of our family now. Um, you know, I think when we're thinking about the fundraising side of things, obviously it's important to be supporting the eventual presidential candidates and Senate candidates. Um, but oftentimes the value of the dollar that you have if you're a small dollar donor um, is going to go farther on these state level races because there's just less money going into less, them. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. you know, I think the typical state uh, state level race is around $180,000 for a campaign versus uh, over a million for a House, $10 million for the Senate, and 
hundreds of million for the presidential. So um, there's really, really a powerful impact that uh, individuals can have on those state level races, um, which is why it was so uh, so great that we're able to bring bring uh, Flippable into our family and have them uh, work together to complement our strategy and power our strategy, um, particularly for those state level races, but across the board as well. Mm-hmm. And what can we expect? So, so turning back to sort of media content and, and sort of what you guys spend a lot of your time on, um, you guys used influencers, celebrities in the midterms. Is that something that you're going to continue to do? What, what, uh, talk a little bit about what you have, what you have planned for, for 2020 for the next year. Sure. Well, um, you know, just speaking to um you know our approach um you know i think we you know we we look at um utilizing and treating celebrities and and influential voices as volunteers you know like like everyone to connect them um with the ways that uh you know given their unique abilities um they can have the most impact on the elections that matter most um you know and likewise our approach as well um is to in a sense treat volunteers as celebrities as well and amplifying their stories um you know uh, uh showcasing the work of like you know the the college fellows that are a part of swing left and you know mobilizing their campuses um the volunteer leaders you know amplifying and 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 sharing you know their stories um you know together um you know showcasing both uh, both sides of the coin is a way that, uh, you know, we can really help to communicate and demystify what the volunteer experience is like, you know, like, you know, again, for me, That's it was my first time volunteering ever for a political campaign with Spring Left, and we really try to you know, take take pains to show that it's 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 not hard. It's it's fun. It's um, you know a way to make great memories. <laughs> it's you know there's there's yeah. a, you know so that's that's really how we think about it. Well, I know? think it's interesting because I think that in terms of the feel of the content, um, something you said resonated, which is showcasing influencers and celebrities as volunteers, and it did feel like. Um, there was a an intimacy there hmm. that was created between people who are participating and getting involved in Swing Left and the influencer, influencers and celebrities that you were able to bring in, whether it be at events, whether it be in media, whether in action. Um, yeah. And it kind of matched the best things about social media. You know, I think the, the, the intimacy that you can get with, whether it be celebrities, influencers, um, you know, friends at a second or third remove, I think it really, uh, I think you guys did a great job of that, actually, now that you mentioned, I think that really did come across, that it didn't feel remote, it didn't feel elitist, because that's obviously mm-hmm. the knock and the risk, Mark, I guess, when you bring in, when you use celebrities, is, you know, you, you, you can come across as, you know, wow, it's Bruce Springsteen playing another benefit concert for Hillary, and she got a lot of knocks that she was traveling around with Jay-Z and with Beyonce, and that didn't work. I think that you guys managed to not trip over that and have your influencers and your celebrities really do the opposite, which was make it feel more real somehow. Yeah, well, I think, 
I, it's really interesting that you noticed that, and and I'm glad because you you know like with any volunteer, our approach to working with artists or influencers or celebrities is personalized. You know, it's really about you know what they care about, what you care about, what you're interested in doing, and it's about also actually taking action. You know, there were. Um, a lot of, um, you know, swing left uh, celebrity volunteers, for lack of a better word, um, who went canvassing with yeah. us last cycle. Like Amy Schumer, for Food, example. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, Catherine Hahn went to her home state of Ohio to canvass for Danny O'Connor. Um, John, John Legend did a virtual phone bank um, in the same vein. You know, Billy Eichner in New Jersey. Um, you know, there were so Tracy Ellis Ross. Uh, you know, people were out in their home districts. Yeah. Um, volunteering um, and, you know, going door knocking, doing the same work that it requires um, from all of us. You know, uh, Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick just hosted a letter writing party at their home. That was what they felt motivated to do because they wanted to bring together their friends to, you know, work, um, you know, uh, together. You know, they they, they saw an opportunity to do that, um, which was, you know, so I, th- I think that that's probably why you're recognizing that intimacy because it's, you know, these are races, um, you know, that are local, that are, you know, at, at, at the hearts of people. And, um, you know, I think that's coming through in, in terms of the authenticity. I mean, that's something we, we work hard to, to match people with um, the, the places that they're from and what they care about. So, and, and yeah. I think we also try to bring together a very diverse um, group of voices and perspectives into those conversations um, so that it can be inclusive. It can be, uh, you know, we, we really want uh, people that are involved in those kinds of activities, whether it's videos yeah. or going on canvassing, telling their personal stories about what's so important for them, uh, whether it's, you know, racial equality or LGBTQ issues or gun control or women's rights and health, um, you know, that is an important part of the storytelling process as well, because at the end of the day, those are the issues that impact all of us. And that's what motivate uh, motivates our, our kind of group of grassroots volunteers to go out and do the work because they know at the end of the day, there's these really important set of issues that affect everyone's lives in our country that we're working to improve and we're working to make better. Um, and I think kind of remembering that and tying that into the content that we're putting out is is very important for us. Yeah. And then talk a little bit about um, about your 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 tech and what you're what you're developing um, as you're sort of create. You've you've got some some tools. You talked about you know typing in your zip code and here's your array of of of, of actions you can take. What what else are you guys doing that you feel is again without asking you to sort of spill any 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 secret sauce? What what, what are the things that that you think are are empowering you guys that are sort of keeping you ahead of you know I don't want to say the competition but that are giving you an edge and that are really helping? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a, a couple of things. I think that that technology where it's very user focused and making it simple and easy for people to go and quickly find something that they can do you know we live in an age where we all have apps on our phone that can get us pizza whenever we want or mm-hmm. a ride share or whatever it is so i think um building those tools that will let people find a way to connect to a campaign or um using the vote forward tool so that they can have a very simple way to uh 
print and write letters that will go to register voters or get people uh, to turn out to vote. Um, having that very accessible for them is is critical. So we're constantly looking to improve on those those tools. Um, we're also looking to, without going into too much detail, yeah. um, create some similar tools to improve the donor experience. Uh, for both small and medium-sized donors to help them navigate this landscape. Um, and that's something we'll probably be rolling out in the next few months. But, okay. um, you know, I think it's a, a wide variety of things along those lines, in addition to kind of the creative content that, you know, we continue to want to do that tells those human personal stories of volunteers um, uh, across the board. I think that's something that within the next couple months we'll be rolling out some new some new campaigns on. Okay. Yeah. Um, and do you guys have an, it, your own sort of internal engineers, or you, do you guys sort of outsource that, or is that is that done internally? We do. Yeah, that's we pretty, have an awesome team. We have, we have creating IP. A, we have a great tech team. Yeah, <laughs> folks from Adobe, from from various different places that are full time. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, yeah. so that's quite an organization to manage. Never mind yeah. anything else. <laughs> Your CTO, yeah. whoever that may be, has his or her hands. Well, we're really lucky to, you know, and again, I think this goes back, back back to kind of the origins of Swing Left, but to have brought together people from both inside and outside of politics, yeah. you know, as I mean, we're all united by this one mission and we are all bringing, you know, our various expertise, backgrounds, ideas, creativity to the table. And it's really tr- like, truly a melding of people, you know, who are the political strategists you know the the data experts with you know the some of the 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 best minds from marketing media in the creative worlds which has been really cool so it's been really fun it's amazing (laughs) well sort of moving towards maybe sort of wrapping up the conversation let me ask you guys this um there may be people listening or watching uh this show who say i'd like to get involved let me so so i want to ask that question two ways one is are you guys looking to if somebody says, I'd love to be involved with Swing Left, kind of corporate, so to speak, not, but, you know, to actually be in the organization, are you, where would somebody sort of look for opportunities to join Swing Left? Um, and are you guys sort of growing your team over the next year, even if it's leading up to 2020? Um, and then secondly, for, for people who are like me, who want to get involved, who, how would they... Who would they contact to do a letter writing campaign, to do a fundraising event, to, is that, maybe just give us sort of your call to action. Absolutely. For, yeah. yeah, well, I would say go to swingloft.org. Okay. That is the source of truth for okay. everything. Okay, um, You know, I would say first and foremost, you know, type your zip code in. You okay. know, at swingleft.org because you're going to be immediately connected with, again, that, uh, you know, the range of cards, those options for things you can do, which include, you know, start writing letters to voters or attend an event near you, whether that be a letter writing party or a canvas or, you know, donate or, you know, create your own personalized fundraising page, which is essentially a GoFundMe for, you know, oh. fundraising for campaigns, okay. you know, that you can then post on, post on Facebook or wherever you want. Um, that's all going to be there for you. So that is the easiest way to plug in. Join your local Swing Left group. Attend a meeting, you know, see what it's like. It's all, you know, learn about the super state strategy. It's all there, um, super easy to access. So that would be the first step um, I would recommend 
recommend. And for people who are interested in helping us, you know, for lent to you know, interested in lending their professional skills to to helping build Swing Left, like yes, <laughs> um, there is an open positions page on okay. our website again, okay. SwingLeft.org. Um, it's located in our footer, and if you go there, you will find um, a list of both full time positions as well as um, part-time paid as well as volunteer positions that you can um, sign up for if you'd like you know there's a whole host of ways to get involved and um, you know we are all ears and and excited to you know partner with you on this fight great well listen guys I mean there is obviously a lot going on um, in the political atmosphere these days Um, swing left has uh, really made its mark as I think, you know, one of the most important organizations out there to try and, you know, affect change, move the needle, reset things back to hopefully normalcy, um, and done it in a really positive um, sort of not, not picking winners and losers, but just really positive, let's try and put some progressive ideas back into politics and let's try and you know, let's try and fix things. Um, So I'm really grateful. Um, You guys have done an amazing job. Um, And I want to thank you for coming on the show and and talking more about your organization. And thank you so much also for everything you've done and will do. You know, we're all in this together and we can't do it without you and and without everybody. So yeah, thank you. Great. Thanks, guys. Yeah. That's a wrap on this episode of The Medium Rules with Alan Baldishin. For more information, go to our website at www.hballp.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.